Thank you for joining us for this message from Cornerstone Community Church in Lynchburg, Virginia. Here's Pastor Willie Taylor. Well, good morning. Is it really good? Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Today, uh, we are continuing with our series, and uh, we are near the end of that series before we start another one. And uh, what we wanted to do is to ask a question. As far as today's message is concerned, ask a question. Are we passing and will we pass our test? That's the, that's the question that uh, is the title of the message today. Are we? Are we passing our test? And will we pass our test? Because as we pass our test, God gets more glory. He really does. He gets more glory. And uh, last week we said um, we were trusting in God in spite of our circumstances. In spite of them. We're going to trust God. And that takes practice. That takes practice. It really does. So we want to continue to uh, practice uh, the Word of God. Uh, we not only want to hear the Word of God, but we want to be doers of the Word of God. Is that correct? <clears throat> Last week we covered Genesis uh, chapter 37, verses 1 through 11. And we uh, knew that there were some tests that had to uh, be passed with uh, Joseph and his brothers. It was a test of jealousy and a test of humility we went through. Uh, today, we want to continue in that, and I told you that last time, we want to continue in that. And so let's do that. Let's open our Bibles to uh, our devices, electronic devices, to uh, Genesis chapter 37. We're there, but we'll start where we left off. Uh, we left off at verse 11. We'll start in verse 12, and I wanted uh, just to summarize that a little bit rather than reading all of it. Uh, what has happened is that Joseph was uh, called by his father to go and check on his brother. And you remember... Uh, he's he's done that before, and uh, you remember he brought back a a bad report uh, to his father about his brother, and you know that went over like a lead balloon. Uh, so uh, they didn't like that, and other things they didn't like. But here the fathers are going to send him again. Send Joseph. Say, Joseph, I want you to go, and I want you to check out your brother, see see their, their welfare, how they're doing and the flock, how they are doing, and bring me back a report. And so, of course, uh, Joseph said, I go. Yeah, I go. And let's pick it up in verse 18. Joseph had gone, and his 
brothers were not where he thought they were at Shechem. They had gone to Dotham, and um, and Joseph found that out uh, with, with a person that was that was there in the area, heard where the brothers went. So Joseph went on to Dotham. Verse 18. When they saw him, now we're talking about his brothers. His brothers, I want you to visualize these things, okay? Visualize them. Uh, and, you know, some people like word pictures and things like that. I want you to visualize in your mind's eye what's going on. You know that, you know that uh, his brothers don't like him. You know they can't speak well of him. They can't speak well of him because, uh, uh, and, and the scriptures say, if you look at the meaning of it, they can't speak to him in peace uh, because uh, he has not only uh, tell on him, but he also has this dream, uh, these two dreams, and uh, he was telling them that he's going he's gonna to actually rule over them, in other words. You're going to bow down to me. Not only you, but also mom and dad. They're gonna bow down to me also, and and uh, they did, they didn't like the part that we're gonna bow down to you. So they didn't. They couldn't speak well of him. Now I can imagine. Uh, I knew. I just know that Jacob. I just know he knows that his his sons don't like Joseph. Wouldn't you know that? You know, if they if he, if he can't speak well of him, you know, all his nonverbal uh, communication would tell him that uh, I better not send Joseph here uh, because uh, Joseph, uh, you know, they don't like him. I don't want him to treat him mean, but he did anyway. Verse eighteen: When they saw him. From a distance now, from a distance. And before he came close to them, they plotted against him to put him to death. Now, what, what, what I mean, brothers and sisters, uh, come on. Who's going to plot and going to kill their brother? I mean, kill him. They didn't say, uh, we, you know, we, we're going we're gonna, we're gonna to tell him off. We're going to tell him what we think of him, and we're going to send him on back. You know? No, they're going to kill him. Kill him. And I couldn't, I couldn't visualize that. I, I, I still can't visualize that because I know we have brothers and sisters in here, and I know that there's no way in the world you're going to kill your brother or your sister. There's no way in the world you're going to do that. You, you don't have that type of mentality, you know. Uh, you love God more than that, you know, and, and plus you love your brother and sister more than that. And plus you love your dad and mom more than that. You're not going to kill the child. You know, you're not going to do that. Verse 19. They said to one another, oh, come on. I know you can see this in your mind. I, I know you can see it. Here comes that dreamer. Now, they that he's off a distance now. Here comes that dreamer. So we know that one of the main things is that 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 they don't like his dreams. Now, now, uh, I wish I could go back and 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 and, and uh, do some more in in the first 
verses, but I don't want to do that today. But uh, you, you, you got to realize that Joseph, that was not the first time he had a dream. It was not the second time he had a dream. Joseph was a dreamer. He had dreams. He had dreams. And uh, go back and, and, and read it. You'll see it. Uh, but he was a dreamer. And so not only was he a dreamer, but his dreams came true. They came true. So when they, when they said, here comes that dreamer, it wasn't just that he said, my, she's, you know, going to rise up and stand erect and Yoshi's going to bow down to my sheep. No, it wasn't just that. No, 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 no. No. Uh, it was that, but it was, it was all put together with all the other things. And they're going to kill him. They're going to kill him. And it says, verse 20. Now then. Come and let us kill him and throw him into one of the pits. And we will say, a wild beast devoured him. Then let us see what will become of his dreams. We know, we know his dreams come true. We know he comes true. But we're going to see. We go, let, let's see what's going to become of his dream. Am, are we going to really bow down to him? Is he really going to uh, uh, rule over us? We're going to see what's become of his dream because we're going to kill him. And if we kill him, we can't, we're not going to have to worry about bowing down to him. We're not going to be concerned about all this stuff that he's been dreaming. No, 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 no. We're going to kill him. And we're going to see. We're going to see what's going to become of his dream since he thinks he's, a, he's so tough. He's a dreamer, and his dreams come true. No, we're going to kill him. Somebody got to step in. His father's not there. So usually it falls to the who? Oldest. Oldest. You usually do that. 21. But Reuben, thank God for Reuben in this area. Thank God for Reuben. He said, Uh, But Reuben heard this and rescued him out of their hand and said, let us not take his life. Reuben further said to them, shed no blood. Throw him into this pit. And this is, and and, uh, this pit is the, in the wilderness, but do not lay hands on him. Now, he said that because he said that he might rescue him out of their hands to restore him to his father. So Reuben had, 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 had good intentions, even though nobody wants to be thrown in a pit. But let's don't kill him. Let's throw him in a pit, and then I'll come back later, and I'll, I'll take him out, and I'll, I'll restore him to his father. Verse 23. So it came about when Joseph reached them, his brothers, that they stripped Joseph of his tunic, the very colored tunic that was on him. Now, you get the picture now. Here's Joseph. He's coming. He gets there. 
And he's smiling. Hi, how you doing? Other than calling the name, how you doing? How you doing? And they grab him. What are y'all doing? What are y'all doing? And they start stripping him of his coat, his tunic, his robe, full-length robe. They taking it off. And he said, wait, don't take my robe. That, 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 don't leave me. Don't do that. Don't do that. And they take it on off. And they took him and threw him into the pit. Now, the pit was empty without any water in it. Verse 25. Then they sat down to eat a meal. I can't believe it. When I read I can't believe it, you know. He, they, not only do they strip him of his, <laughs> his nice coat, you know, mother color, because they can see the coat from a long way off. They can see it. Here comes that dreamer. Look at him, you know. He thinks he's so proud like a peacock. You know, that's all right. Where did he get here? Where did he get here? And, and they take it, and then they throw him in the pit, and it looked like they would have gone, you know, just left or something, but they're going to sit down and eat a meal. Eat a meal. How callous can you be? Nobody's going to do that to their brothers and sisters. You wouldn't do that. You wouldn't want to do that to an enemy. You know, to sit down and eat? No, you're going to be too angry to do something like that. But no, they, they weren't. They, hey, we're not angry. We're going to just, we're going to just kill him. Hey, let's eat a meal. Celebrate. Mm-hmm. And as, as they raised their eyes, and looked, behold, a caravan of Ishmaelites was coming from Gilead, and and their camels bearing aromatic gum and balm and myrrh on on their way to bring them down to Egypt. Now Judah said, "Now I don't know about Judah now." I don't know about Judah. Judah said to his brothers, what profit is it for us to kill our brother and cover up his blood? Come, let us sell him to the Ishmaelites and not lay our hands on him. For he is our brother, our own flesh. I can't, it's, it's hard. And his, his brothers listened to him. That means they, they thought, yeah, yes. Yeah, we, we were going to kill him. In spite of what, you know, I, I know that, I, I know that my older brother, I, I know what he said to put him in his pit. We still don't know what to do with him because we were going to kill him. But that's a good one. Judah, I praise you. That's good. That's good, brother. Okay, we're going to do that. Now, Here's Joseph. All this time that he's been there, they're eating, they're laughing, they're enjoying themselves. What do you think Joseph is doing? There you go. What what is that? Yelling, right? You know, (laughs) Joseph, if, if you were in that pit and your brothers had thrown you in there, and you, they had taken your, your, your tunic off, you know, your, your, your long robe off, his pretty robe, everything, and, and, and threw you in a pit. And it had to be some time because they were sitting there eating and everything. What would you be doing? 
Would, would, you be, would you be saying, well, you know what? Praise God. You know, I'm going to have faith regardless of my circumstances. I'm going to sit here quietly and just pray. What do you think? He'll be doing what probably uh, any sane person will probably be doing. Hey, get me out. Come on. Will you? Come on, will you? Yeah. Yeah, he, he's going to be tirelessly uh, 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 calling on their mercy. You know? Come on. Come on, brothers. Come on. Get me out of this place. This is what's going on. Okay. This is going on. Now, <laughs> let's go down uh, to verse 28, let's say. Then some Mennonites, this is the same group of Ishmaelites and Mennonites, the traitors passed by, so they pulled him up and lifted Joseph out of the pit. Oh, praise God. Praise God. Now, 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 think now. What do you think Joseph is doing? They, they, they throw a rope down there, and, and it has to be deep enough that he can't just get out. So they had to help him out and get him out. And as they were getting out, thank you, thank you, brother, thank you. Uh, you know, I'm not going to tell Dad. I'm not going to tell him. You know, yo, uh, please don't put me back in there. You know, thank you, thank you, I'm, thank you. You have mercy on me. I really appreciate that. Uh, he, he's, he, he's really doing all that. But they sell him to the Ishmaelites for 20 shekels of silver. Thus they brought Joseph to Egypt. Ishmaelites did. That's, that's sad. I don't know how in the world they got Joseph to the Ishmaelites because somebody had to go and bargain with them. And you know Joseph is hollering all the time because he sees the Ishmaelites. He sees one of his brothers going to talk to him. They're not going to let him go because he'll run. So they got to have hold of him. He's probably starting back. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Y'all, y'all take me out. Why are you holding me? Let me go. What, 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 what y'all doing? What, what, what you? Hey, why are y'all, why y'all talking to them? What y'all got up? Then they come and get him and take him over to this man. He's hollering again. He's hollering again. And they got to put him somewhere where he's not going to get away. I don't know whether they have, you know, you see movies and stuff like that. They put captive people in, in, a, in a, um, a thing and, and lock them up, see. They might tie them up. I don't know. You know, in Westerns, they'll tie you up and, and gag you and all like that. I, I don't know what they did. I don't know what they did. But, but they, had to, they had to keep him because you know, as, as well as I know, if you let me get out of here and I can run, I'm going to run. I'm not going to think about these, 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 this flock. I'm not going to think about my brothers. I'm going to run until I get home. You know, but see, they're not going to let him go. So he's hollering as they, as, here, here, there's a caravan. What's going on? And Joseph is hollering. And his brothers are grinning. That is, that is merciless. Merciless. Verse 29. Now Reuben returns to the pit. And behold, Joseph was not in the pit. 
So he tore his, his, his garment. He returned to his brothers and said, hey, the boy, is, he, he's not there. As for me, what am I going to do? Where am I going to go? Dad, he's going he's gonna to come to me because I'm the oldest, and what am I going to do? So they took Joseph's tunic and slaughtered a, a male goat and dipped it in the tunic in, in the blood, and they sent the very colored tunic and brought it to their father and said, Hey, we found this. Uh, please examine it and see whether it's, it's, it's your son's tunic or not. They didn't even, they didn't even say, and see this, is, is this uh, 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 Joseph's tunic? They know it's his tunic, and his brother, they wouldn't even call it that. Uh, they didn't say, see, is this our brother's tunic? No, this is this your son's tunic, you know? That's a man, callous dude. Then he examined, examined it, and he said, is my son's tunic a wild beast? has devoured him. Joseph has surely been torn to pieces. So Jacob tore his clothes and put on sackcloth and his, uh, on his lawns and, and mourned for his son many days. Then all of his sons and all of his daughters, you know, I thought, Joseph, uh, I thought Jacob had how many daughters? What was her name? Dinah. Uh, uh, arose to comfort him. But he refused to be comforted. And he said, surely I will go down to Sheol in mourning for my son. So his father wept for him. Meanwhile, the Mennonites sold him to, uh, in Egypt to Potiphar, Pharaoh's officer, the captain of the bodyguards. And we want to stop there. Uh, I tell you, um, this, is, this is a sad to me situation. Uh, uh, you know, we've we, we read it many times and, and things, but I don't know whether we have really of what God is trying to say to us in this. What is he trying to say to us? You see, uh, if we're going to be more like Christ, we have to think about this is a story that we can glean from, and we know that this is not going to happen to us and things like that, but are we going to be callous in situations? In circumstances, are we going to be more like Christ? You see, mercy, uh, God's mercy, is extended to to us, and it's not because we have done something good or anything like that. It is because of sin, <laughs> really, you know. Um, he extends mercy to alleviate the consequences of sin. It says that, you know, uh, man is his object. We are his object of mercy. The guilt 
and power of sin must be removed through God's grace before the alleviation of misery of sin can be experienced. God has to intervene. Now, we're not God, of course, so God shows mercy, but God can alleviate that with grace, uh, sin, and, and he, can, he can take care of that, and he has. Now, we can't do that, but we can extend mercy. We can extend uh, compassion. And that's what uh, this test is that, that they are going through here, is that it, it, it's, a, it's a test of mercy and compassion. Mercy and compassion. That's what this is a test of. And we can show mercy on people even though we can't alleviate the uh, guilt feeling of sin or anything like that. God has to do that. But we can show mercy. And that's what he wants us to do. Listen to what it says in Matthew chapter 5, verse 7. And you know it. Um, I'm sure you know it. My heart wants to start. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain or receive mercy. That's what he says. That's one of the Beatitudes, right? Blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. They shall receive mercy. Okay. Now, that is awesome. It's an awesome verse. And I want you to think of this not in the terms of, well, when I get a judgment day, you know, if I haven't received Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior, he's going to show mercy on me because I've shown mercy. And therefore, I won't be in the, you know, fire and brimstone. No. If you don't receive Jesus Christ, that's where you're going to be. Okay? Fire and brimstone. Okay? Now, but he's talking to the church. He's talking to us as Christians because we're going to have to stand before them, before God too. And we're going to be judged also. But by what we have done in the body. Uh, we, we know we're going to... Salvation is based on Jesus Christ uh, and accepting him. But there, there are rewards and there are uh, situations and things that's going to come up that we don't even know about. We, we get some clues as we read things and that there are some crowns and there are some things that's going to be going on there. Uh, there are going to be kings. They're going to be going in and out and stuff like that. And uh, I tell you, I want to receive everything that God has for me to receive on this earth. Because I want crowns of beaters cast at the feet of Jesus. I want whatever gifts he has uh, because it comes through obedience. So let's look at Colossians chapter 3. And, and it says there, uh, Colossians 3, let's start at verse 12. We'll go two verses there. Clothe yourself. Now Joseph clothed, he, he had a robe on. He had another clothes under there, but he, he had that. It tells us to clothe ourselves, 
Therefore, as God's own chosen ones, I'm reading from the Amplified, okay, uh, his own picked representatives who are purified and holy and well-beloved by God himself by putting on behavior marked by tenderheartedness, pity, and mercy, kind feelings, low opinions of yourselves, gentle ways, and patience, which is tireless. Now, tireless is the word Amplified used. Tireless and long-suffering and has the power to endure whatever comes with good temper. Verse 13. Be gentle and forbearing with one another. And if one has a difference, a grievance, or a complaint against another, readily pardon each other, even as the Lord has freely forgiven you, you must also forgive. That's from the Amplified. It says in, in James chapter 2, verse 13, for judgment will be merciless to the one who has shown no mercy. Mercy triumphs over judgment. You see. And I said, wow. God is serious about us showing mercy. He really is. And I, I, I can imagine and I can, you know, hope and think as I, you know, kind of visualize things like that. If we, if we stand before God and he said, you know, uh, this is something that happened because, we, we, you know, we, everything, we had answers for everything that's said, everything that's done in this body on this earth. And as he names things there, and it doesn't take but a second, you know, because we, we'll be a new creation. We're going to be uh, newer than we are now. We're going to have just a different body. And, 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 and we said, well, oh, God, we'll be weeping and everything. But, that, you know, hope that, that that's okay. You know, um, you have shown some mercy. We're going to overlook that right there. Now, suppose I haven't shown any mercy, though. I said, well, I mean, you know, if I haven't shown any mercy, he doesn't overlook anything. Because my judgment is going to be without mercy. And, and, and uh, I don't know, you know, I've read stories about people going to heaven, you know, whatever, and they, and. I send them back, you know, whatever, and they sing this and they, they saw this and all these kind of things like that. And then I read, of course, in the scripture, how there'll be kings, they'll be going in and out, there's going to be nobody, uh, liars not going to be able to get in and all this kind of stuff like that. And I said, man, I wonder, I wonder, is there going to be, are there going to be things and, and stuff going on that I could have been over here but I'm over here because I didn't, well, I'm still in heaven, but I didn't, I didn't show the mercy I should have. I didn't show the compassion that I should have. I didn't, you know, uh, do these things, but I'm so thankful that I'm here. But my goodness gracious, I wish 
I would have done a little bit better because I could have. But I thought, hey, as long as I'm in heaven, so what? You know, at least I'm in heaven. I'm not in hell. Hey, you know, I can go with that. But see, I don't think we're going to be saying that when we get there. I think we want everything that God has for us. I think we want to be as close to Jesus as we possibly can get. Because, after all, he is our Lord. He's our Lord. So I said, well, hmm. Then he tells us in Hebrews 4, 16, he, he tells that uh, we need to come boldly to the throne of grace to receive mercy and grace to help in a time of need, doesn't he? He says that. So I, I can come. I said, God, I need mercy. Because, see, I, I, you know, I'm not like I should be. Have mercy on me, Lord. Help me. Help me. And so what I wanted to do to today is to just shine a little light on the fact that as we are reading uh, the Bible, that whether the Old Testament, whether the New Testament, whether, whether it is, and we've been in both this morning, is that we have to say, God, I want to change. Because the whole series is about change. The whole series is about change. Changing, God changing us now. Not changing somebody else. Change me, Lord. Change me. So I want to, I want to look at things and I say, well, hey, uh, this is not going to ha- happen to me because my brother, uh, he's not going to uh, sell me no money. He's not going to throw me no pit. Uh, I'm bigger than he is anyway. So it's not going to happen, you know. Uh, so uh, plus he's older than I am, so uh, he can't outrun me either. So therefore, I know that this is not going to happen. But there again, am I going to learn to show compassion? Am I going to learn to show mercy? Just everyday life, just in this church, just in the, my workplace, just in my marriage, just with my children. And I, am I going to learn to be compassionate? Like it says here, um, uh, am I going to be gentle? Am I going to be forbearing? Am I going to be, you know, um, willing to forgive and, and overlook things? Am I going to be long-suffering? Am I going to be that way, or am I going to be the way most people say, this is the way I am? It's just the way I am. God made me this way. He made me uh, the way I am. I've always been laid back. I've always been laid back. I've always been, you know, talkative. I've always been... Um, however we always been that was the old person before they got saved it should be because I read the scripture that we are new creations old things pass away behold all things are new and all things are God so it tells me that I shouldn't be that way and so when, when we read here to put on these things like it says in Colossians I need to put on these things well, if I need to put them on, it's like a garment. It's like it's like uh, Joseph putting on that mother-colored uh, tunic there, uh, that long robe. He, he put it on. We need to put on, it says, these things, gentle, gentle ways. We need to put on tireless. It said, it said tireless and amplified and long-suffering, you know, and, and which has the power to endure whatever comes with an even temper. Even temper. 
That's what we need to do towards one another. And so how am I going to do that without the Spirit of God changing Willie Taylor? How am I going to do it? I can't. Because after all, I was born this way. You know, because, so, you know, it, some people are outgoing by nature. I mean, you know, little children. I mean, some children are quiet and, and they'll, you know, they see and they run and get behind their mama, you know. Uh, and some people, they, they want to, you know, they want to be, hey, you know, they want, they, they're outgoing children. Little children, they're outgoing. Some people are outgoing. Some people are not outgoing. Some people are, are talking. Some people are not talking. Some people are, um, as I said, laid back and, and don't want to don't want to do much of anything in that way, but they do other things. It's got people all kind of ways. And then then I read a scripture in Proverbs years ago that said, you know, train up a child the way they should go, and said, so, okay, that means train up a child in their bent. See, a child is bent a certain way, so you train a child up in that way, and when he's old, he'll not, you know, depart from it. Well, see, to me. I don't buy that this child is bent this way, so that means this is the way that child going to be. So God can't do nothing. You can't do nothing. You might as well go along with the flow. Train them up the way they, they, they're bent. Well, we need to be bent towards Jesus Christ, but we're not. But the Holy Spirit can bend us, you know. In other words, the Holy Spirit can cause me to be uh, different than I am because I'm the type of, per- type of person who I don't like confrontation. And, and those who've been around me uh, uh, kind of know, uh, except at home. You know, when, when, you know, most people like that. Uh, they're, they're not too talkative unless you get them by themselves and they know you and they trust you. And then they talk, 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 talk. I mean, they talk, 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 talk. Have you seen people like that? Yeah. 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 And some people are very aggressive. Some people are very laid back. And so uh, how do we, how is God? Is he laid back? Is he aggressive? Is he um, don't like confrontation? Uh, how is he? He is. God. He's the way. He, he's everything. Whatever he has to be, whatever he is, whatever he needs, that's what he is, isn't it? He'll turn over tables in the temple. He, he'll, he'll, you know, he, he'll see a, um, a woman caught in the very act of adultery, and he'll say, hey, where are your, where are your accusers? Well, go your way and sin no more. I don't need to accuse you. So, um, he's so wonderful, isn't he? He's so wonderful. How does he want us? The same way. The exact same way. So I want us practicing mercy, compassion, (coughs) love. You know, uh, I want us to practice these things because here's a scripture. Uh, Let me end with this scripture. In Matthew chapter 7, verse 12. It said, in everything, how many things? Everything, therefore, treat people 
the same way you want them to treat you. For this is the law and the prophets. So this is a, a summation of the law of Moses and, 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 and all the, you know, the Old Testament prophets and things like that. All of this, this one statement here will fulfill that. And I said, well, hmm. Now, sometimes I think it's, I have said before, people need to be treated like they deserve to be treated. Well, that's a, that's a silly thing to say. Really, it's not wise at all. Because if you treat people the same way they deserve to be treated, that means that I need to be treated the way I deserve to be treated. And tell me, how many of us need to be treated, uh, want God to treat us the way we need to be treated, which we are sinners, of course, and the only way we can, we can be saints is that we give our life to Jesus Christ, and he said, no, I'm going to treat you the way you deserve to be treated. My goodness gracious, there will be nobody in heaven. None. None. All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. So I don't want you to treat me the way I deserve to be treated. And I'm not going to treat you, that's my aim, is not to treat you the way you deserve to be treated. I want to treat you the way God treats me. The way I would want somebody to treat me. And I've heard people say, hey, I don't care if you treat me the way I deserve to be treated. Because if I deserve to be treated that way, you know, then treat me that way. I shouldn't have treated you that way. No, no. I like to say, I want to be treated the way God would treat me. That's the way I want to be treated. That's the way I want to be treated. So, to close the message, um, I want to change. I want us to change. That's the only way we're going to have a true relationship in the body of Christ, whether it's universal, whether it's in Lynchburg, whether it's the Cornerstone, the only way we're going to have a genuine relationship is that we um, follow the scripture, that we, we, we work on ourselves and say, and when I say work on ourselves, um, the work I'm talking about is the work of yielding. Humble yourself under the mighty hand of the Lord that he may exalt you in due time. So I want to humble myself before God. I want to say, God, you know, I need some change in here. I'm not as, as, as humble as I should be. I'm not as, as kind as I should be uh, because uh, sometimes, God, I just feel like talking about, about this person. You know, uh, they, they, they should have done what they did, and, and, and I got to tell somebody, you know. So uh, have you ever felt like you got to tell somebody? And so, uh, and don't say, no, I never felt that way. I know you're lying. Uh, because, <laughs> because everybody's going to tell somebody just about. They're going to tell their, their mate. They, you know, uh, because it's hard, it's hard to keep something from your mate. So, you know, uh, you want to tell them everything. Uh, so, you, so you tell them how you feel about this person. You tell them, you know, um, but see, God is not that way. He doesn't go around telling people on earth. He doesn't. 
you don't go around telling people, say, hey, look, hey, come here, angel, let me tell you. You saw what they did? And he doesn't do that. He loves us. Love doesn't do stuff like that. Okay? So I want us to change. And this was a, a great opportunity for me uh, to share that part of Joseph's life, uh, even though it doesn't really uh, concern us to the extent that we think this is going to happen to us. And it's a nice little story and stuff like that. But we got to change. We're just like those brothers. That's how we are. We're just like those brothers in a certain way. We're not going to kill people and stuff like that. But, but we'll, we'll talk about people. We'll do things. We, we won't be nice to people. And we'll, we, we want to um, uh, even we will, we'll make excuses for ourselves but not make excuses for somebody else's fault. And God wants it just the opposite. Make excuses for somebody else's shortcomings. Make excuses for them. And then you can now uh, be down on your faults to me. Because he's the only one that can change them anyway. Really is. If there's anybody in in my hearing or my voice, whether it be uh, on the internet or wherever it is, know that, or here, know that it all starts with Jesus Christ. We have to give our life to Jesus Christ. Because he loves us. He loves us. He paid the price for our sin. We don't have to be anywhere except with him in eternity by giving our lives to him. And all we have to do is ask, Father, forgive me for my sins. I receive Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. Help me to be more like you. Anybody who call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. That's what the Holy Spirit of the Lord said. Let's pray. Thank you for listening to this message from Pastor Taylor and Cornerstone Community Church. We are located in Lynchburg, Virginia at 525 Old Graves Mill Road. You can find us online at cornerstonelynchburg.com. Contact us by email, cornerstonecom at comcast.net. Or call us at 434 847 4796. We pray the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance on you and give you peace.